Welcome to the Victory Cast, the official podcast of Victory Baptist Church. Thank you for tuning in. What an interesting topic we have for you today. It is the agony of Christ, the agony of Christ. And, and what do I mean by the agony of Christ? Well, before we jump into the agony of Christ, I have an announcement to make. We have forms at the church. Uh, this is, again, a podcast for the members of Victory Baptist Church, so don't be surprised if you're tuning in from elsewhere and you hear an announcement here and there uh, that really relates only to to our members. We have a form uh, that is currently available to anyone who would like one in the foyer of the church that uh, is a statement basically a statement of our view uh, of religious liberty according to our statement of faith as a church and also according to the Second London Baptist Confession of Faith. And then the second page, there are two pages, and the second page includes a waiver that I can sign that will notify your employer that you have a legitimate religious, um, I guess, objection to taking the vaccination if they do intend to mandate the vaccination at your workplace. And uh, this is no guarantee that they're going to honor that, but it is better. The the optics of walking in there with something signed by your pastor is a bit better than just walking in there and trying to pull the religious freedom card. Um, This way you can have the church behind you, uh, the thrust behind your your words, so to speak. So, uh, hopefully, that will help. Again, if anybody needs that, it's in the uh, it's in the front there, in the uh, in the lobby. Uh, grab one and then bring it to me, and I can I can fill it out and sign it for you, and you can take it to your employer. With that said, um, we are going to be talking about the agony of Christ from Luke chapter twenty-two, verse forty-four. What does it mean? when the Bible says that Christ was in agony. This is a, there there are no wasted words in scripture. This is a very redemptively significant passage of scripture here in Luke 22, 44. And I want us just to read it together. So if you have your Bibles open or, or you have it available on your phone or what have you, or if you don't, just please listen along. It says in Luke 22, 44, and being in agony, he, Jesus, prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Now, the context of this is, of course, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. This is right before his capture, his betrayal, um, and he is he is in the garden praying. Um, and so uh, the 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 scene would have been very bleak. Uh, it, this is this is right on the uh, pretty much the uh, uh, the dawn of his of his passive obedience, where he is taken, tortured, and eventually put to death on the cross. This is uh, the beginning of the apex of his earthly ministry, where he would be led to Golgotha and uh, to experience the fullness of the Father's wrath uh, on on the cross. So, Luke records for us this instance where Jesus' sweat becomes like great drops of blood, 
as he's in this garden praying. And you would expect Luke to include something like this because, again, Luke was a physician. And uh, a physician would, of course, be interested in a uh, medical phenomena such as this one. Um, now, let's, let's make a couple of observations. Christ is in agony. That's what it says in the very beginning of verse 44. And being in agony. What is that word agony? The root word there is agon. It, it, it could translate to struggle or a fight. Um, I have alluded to this in sermons before. This is Christ formally entering into combat. Uh, Christ has been in a form of combat throughout his earthly ministry. He's been casting out demons. He's been healing people. He's been forgiving sins. He's been in conflict with the world and sin and death and the devil, healing Lazarus even, uh, bringing him to life. Uh, he's been in conflict with the world throughout the entire duration of his earthly ministry. And so in a sense, he's been in combat the whole time. Yet here marks really the, the starting point uh, where he will enter into very uh, apparent combat with the enemy. It is, after all, the cross, the cruciform work of Christ that we would say, where Christ defeats death, sin, and the devil. And, and you know this because Christ on the cross, we know this from John's account of the gospel, he says, it is finished in John 19, and it's in the perfect tense. So there is where he finished the work. That's where he cl climbed to the peak and claimed the victory over the enemy and accomplished the will of his father. Okay, uh, so this is a very particular entering into combat for Christ. Again, the word is agonia, it's distress or anguish, but the root word is struggle or fight. This is a fight that Christ is in here. So he's entered into combat. The, the language is often used with regard to gladiatorial combat uh, that would occur during this time in the Roman Empire. Um, it refers to the competition of an athlete uh, between one athlete and another in some Olympiad uh, competition. Uh, so it, it has very much connotations of uh, of competition, sportsman, uh, sportsmanship, uh, but also combat competition, um, bloody battle. You know this this word can can uh, relate to. So um, very very significant uh, part of Christ's ministry, him him entering into combat here at the uh, at the prologue, really of his cruciform work uh, that will begin here shortly from this point on. And as he's in combat, this combat leads him to pray more earnestly, which I think you can make direct application from Christ's example here. He's praying even more earnestly as he has entered into combat with sin, death, and the devil. Um, and this, this, this should be applied to every believer who is in Christ, that when they enter into combat with their, with their own sin, Jesus is not entering into combat with his own sin, but, but the sin of his people. Right, the sin that he has come here to combat, destroy, to squash, and to eliminate, to defeat. So he's entered in, into that kind of combat. We enter into combat with our own sin. We are new man, uh, currently uh, still dealing with a remaining sin nature, and so there is there is a combat there. We're we're combating with uh, the influences that we that we experience in the world. Um, there are various entities at work, uh, sinful institutions. There are spiritual 
um, uh, I don't want to say forces, but spiritual influences at work, demons, uh, so on and so forth, that that are all in competition for your heart and your mind. And so when we enter into combat, which is all the time uh, for us, we need to pray more earnestly. We need to follow the example of Jesus Christ and go to God in prayer, go to the Father in prayer through Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit all the more earnestly. That is a means of grace by which God works in the lives of his people. But then there's this curious statement that that many have been uh, not necessarily troubled by, but perhaps confused by. They don't know really why it's in there or what the significance of it is. It says, Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Now, this is a an actual medical condition that can happen uh, in a season of a high level of stress where the capillaries and things like that explode. They undergo apoptosis, and then uh, the blood resulting or coming out of those uh, various places will mix with sweat. And so you'll sweat blood, quite literally. Um, and so this was happening to Jesus. He's in this competition, and so there is bodily stress, mental stress that he has found himself uh, undergoing at this point. And so his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And he's praying. He's in this intense moment of combat. He's going to be in this combat all the way up to the the cross and his burial, his death and his burial. Um, now, one thing that I want to to mention is I want to bring this back to the redemptive scope of Scripture, that is all of Scripture considered through a redemptive understanding, uh, having really one main storyline from Genesis all the way to Revelation, Christ here is in competition with the serpent. Christ is in competition with the serpent. We have to remember that in Genesis 3.15, in the midst of the curse, the promise was that the seed of the woman would come and would bruise the head of the serpent. Jesus is in the process here of bruising the head of the serpent, but the serpent is also in process here of bruising the heel of the seed, okay? And so there's this competition happening. It's this Genesis competition that was promised since Genesis 3.15, happening right here in Luke 22:44. So Jesus is entering into competition with this serpent as our new Adam. This is this is a competition that the first Adam should have entered into with the with the first appearance of the serpent. Uh, but since the first Adam failed, this is the second Adam coming, entering into competition with the serpent. And we all know what happens. He's going to defeat the serpent through his death, his burial and resurrection and ascension. Now, um, it gets even a little bit more obvious, that, that redemptive connection, that connection between here in Luke 22 and Genesis. And the reason it becomes even more obvious is because this occurs, Christ enters into this competition in a garden. All right, that's very, very significant. This is happening in a garden, right? This is uh, um, this is uh, uh, happening in the Garden of Gethsemane. We, we learn in, uh, in Luke uh, 22, 39, coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives as he was accustomed, and his disciples also followed him. When he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, it is, if it is your will, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours 
be done. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him, and being in agony, he prayed all the more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. We know that this is in, in, the, in the Garden of Gethsemane because uh, the other parallel accounts put him in the Garden of Gethsemane. There's no reason to believe that this is a different situation, and the Mount of Olives is associated with the Garden of Gethsemane as well. And so he's in competition with Satan here. What a beautiful, redemptive picture. The new Adam comes, crushes the serpent. God bless you guys. Hopefully this was helpful. Please, if you have any questions, let me know. Uh, and uh, hopefully this will be uh, conducive to your own family study time and uh, that it will set your mind on the Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you guys.